Today, it's an exciting day because we have a special guest with us. All week long, we've had uh, what we call here Missions Emphasis Week. And uh, there's been opportunities throughout the week sprinkled for you to be a part of, to learn more, uh, to, be, to get engaged, to be encouraged on what's going on around the world globally, especially through the Alliance Movement. And I mentioned Wednesday night, if we could really see, uh, which we never will on this side of heaven, uh, the good and the, the work of God in the Alliance Movement through His people around the world, we would be blown away. Uh, this week we've got to hear some snapshots uh, of some ministries, and I was blown away just by them alone, let alone uh, the other 700 plus that are around the world serving uh, God uh, but through the great work of the Alliance uh, Missions uh, we can. And uh, today, we're excited to have uh, with us to share. He is uh, uh, over, oversees what we call uh, marketplace ministries with the Alliance Movement, uh, works with business leaders and those in the educational field and many other fields. Been in Ohio for a few days, breathing in this good allergy-driven weather that's cold, and uh, so I think he's used to it by now. Good morning. Hey, I got to tell you a funny story. Actually, this just happened. Um, so let me get to it. So first service, I got this thing, you know, it's so I can walk around and talk to you. And I was coming up here fiddling with it, and I thought I put it in my back pocket, but I put it in my pants. Okay, so by the end of the service, it was, this thing was down here. So I'm sitting there. People thought I probably had a butt itch or something because I'm trying to fish this thing back out of my pants Anyhow, see, my kids aren't at home anymore to keep me humble, so God just does it in extraordinary ways. We serve a God that's got a sense of humor, and if you don't laugh every hour, man, just uh, get on YouTube or something. I mean, our God is a God of emotion, creativity, artistry, music, dance, tears, laughter, okay? Our God has created us to experience His whole palette of what He's given us. We are all created in a way that's so unique, and I'm saying positive now, we are so unique that nobody else on the planet can serve and worship our Lord like you can. Even me. And it's, it's humbling, and it's, I just think it's very cool. So I'm from Marketplace Ministries. I will be saying more about that at uh, this afternoon. So if you want to hear more about Marketplace Ministries and missions, make sure you all get back here after you do lunch and a nap, and you'll be refreshed and come back. This morning I'll talk a little bit about missions, but what I want to do is to... And what I'm always trying to do is to help you relate, and I won't fall off the edge here, I promise. Keeps your attention though, doesn't it? It's like, geez, especially my wife, I don't know what she's And if I do, it's all right. That's what you'll remember it by. But what I want to do, what I strive to do is to connect this idea of what missions is with where you're at, okay? We have three names, don't we? Okay, and and priorities. Let's just say priorities. There is our first priority, which for me and for those of you that follow Christ, 
Our first priority is to worship well the God that created the universe, that gives us everlasting life. That's always first, and that kind of that kind of envelops. It gives us that air that we breathe. Okay, that's what gives us living. And we have a name to our God. We are beloved son, beloved daughter. And we have the ability to crawl up on our daddy's lap and hold his face in our hands and feel his breath on our neck and, and just cry to him or complain to him or question him. He's our holy God. He's our Father. He's everything. We are His beloved child. He loves us so much. Then that second, that second priority is to our family and friends. And we have a name. I'm a husband. I'm a father. I'm a son. I'm a brother. I'm a good friend. And we have a name to those. Now, that third thing of priorities is like all the other stuff, like what we do, okay, how we operate. So understand, when we talk about mission field, we're talking about who we relate to vertically, to our God. And I hope that's not a mystery. Okay, I hope you have a visual of who God is. I just gave you one, okay? And many of us need to not have the visual of maybe our own father, okay? But, but this is, it's, visuals are strong. But our mission then to that second group, our family, our friends, those around us in our sort of sphere of influence, isn't our first mission field maybe our family? And, and I know in my case, that many times is the very toughest. And I've got four kids, they're all in their 30s. And, you know, some are walking with the Lord, some aren't. And that breaks my heart when they're not. Okay? But it's, it's okay, because God will redeem that, won't He? If you understand that you are a child of the King, and you have accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, and you will be in heaven with Him, which is the promise, but the life before that is to proclaim His name, you get that. Okay, you get that, but it's been redeemed. Our lives are a stream of redemption. Okay. And so our mission field is at home, and it's in our neighbors. Okay. And then certainly it goes overseas. Okay, I'm, I'm a business professor. That's what I did. Um, I'm a native of Kent, Ohio. Lived there for 42 years. Um, had a wild hair and moved basically four teenagers to the Czech Republic, okay, the, the oldest was a senior in high school, I don't know what was going on with that, but may have been a good idea, maybe not, I don't know. Okay. Okay. But the mission field overseas, don't be impressed by missionaries, don't be impressed by pastors, understand that our goal in life, one, we are sons and daughters. We are beloved children of the Most High God. We're all on common ground, yes? Okay. Understand, at the foot of the cross, the ground is level. So it doesn't matter what your profession is, what you do, it's how you do it. 
To be a pastor, that's a professional. To be a missionary, if you've been trained as a church planner, that's a profession. I went over as a business professor, taught in Cleveland for 12 years, went to the Czech Republic, taught in a couple of MBA programs for 10 years. My mission field were my students. I wanted to be the best business professor they'd ever had. Most of them wanted to know how to start a business, how to make money, and how to get rich. Because okay? money was most of their, for most of them, was their God. Okay? My job was to teach them how to do that, but have them think about what is it we live for. I mean, they were secular schools. They weren't there to hear me talk about Jesus. But everything I taught had its basis in the truth of who our risen Lord is and the love that He promotes and the redemption that is available to us. Not just in the past. I get very tired of people talking about, oh, you know, before Christ, I did this. I was a really bad guy. I was a really bad woman. I did this and that. Or, you know, some of those really you know, really gripping stories. You know what? That's past. That's trash. Don't talk about it. Talk about your new life in Christ and what He's done for you today. That stuff has been redeemed. We've been brought into the moment. This moment is redeemed, even though you're thinking about lunch. Okay, it's fine. Look interested. I get the look. Okay, this is redeemed. And this afternoon, when you're eating lunch and taking a nap, that time is also redeemed. If we serve the risen Christ and understand who the Holy Spirit is in our lives. And by the way, I'm not going to spew guilt. Okay, that is not my motive here. Okay, I want you to understand what it is to live the life of Christ, who you are in Christ. And again, it's not a guilt thing. It may be a conviction thing. Okay. Guilt's used by men a lot. Okay. And conviction is what God pierces your soul with. Okay. It's, who, it's who you are in Christ. It's how He uses that. I'm not getting into my computer here. Computers. Okay. The first thing we're going to do is look at a passage in Corinthians. We can put that up. Okay, and this is this is who we are in Christ. Okay, and I'm going to read it because I the facial recognition thing isn't working on this. Whatever. Okay. So don't look at the back of my head. Look look up here. And it, you should not you should, but if you, if you want to memorize, uh, which is important in our lives to kind of sink in, this is good stuff. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here. Okay. Right now, the new is here. All this is from God who reconciled us to Himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to Himself in Christ and counting people's sins, not counting people's sins against them. And He has committed to us the message of reconciliation. 
We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as through God we were making the appeal through us, as though God was were making the appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Okay, so that's who we are. Okay, that's who we are. Um, about three years ago, it'll be three years in February, I was up in the mountains, I live in Colorado Springs, and it was uh, a really warm day, and um, I was up there with a buddy, and we were in a certain type of vehicle. Okay, I, I usually say what kind, and you'll figure it out, but those that ride that type of vehicle then get heat from their relatives sometimes. Anyhow, I was on that type of vehicle in the mountains. Could have been a convertible, maybe not. Could have been something else. Hit a corner a little too hot. Got thrown from that vehicle about 15 feet into a big stone and dropped down from that stone about... 10 or 15 feet into the side of a very cold river okay, and laid there for about two hours while people tried to figure out what they were going to do with this really messed up body down at the bottom of this ravine. Okay, At that moment, I did not feel like a new creation in Christ because <laughs> okay, my lung collapsed and I was pretty busted up. But, you know, it was interesting that even though physically I was pretty messed up and it kind of hurt, the Holy Spirit brought over me a peace. You know that peace that passes all understanding? At that moment, and so it got me to think as I was laying there, hoping I wasn't going to die and be frozen in that river, that... I am a new creation in Christ, not just physically, and it is. It's from the DNA out. Don't think that you just like it's Halloween and you put on a new costume, okay? Never think that. We don't live this dual life of we're this way, then we're this way, and we show up on Sunday in a costume, and we get donuts and coffee, and we do karaoke by reading up here, and they play the music, Okay, that's our reward for showing up in that costume. If that's what you're doing, you're wasting your time. Don't play that game. Okay? Be in the world or not in the world, but understand whose child you are and whose God you follow. So at that point, laying in that river, I thought, well, you know, this is not great. Okay? And I may just, like, pass on out of here, but it was fine. You know, I, it was amazing. That's what God's created us. He redeemed that moment and gave me joy that was beyond anything I could ever imagine. Okay, and it wasn't drug-induced. That may have happened in the hospital later. But this was, like, right on, pretty intense pain and pretty messed up body. But God had redeemed that moment in time. He made me a new creation, as the verse says. Okay. okay, so like, what do we do with that? Do we live this life of duality? Do we show up on Sunday morning and it's small group with our outfit on, our costume on? Okay, or we just do we do this all the time? And that's who we are in Christ. That's the question I need to ask myself every morning when I get up 
Who am I in Christ? Am I understanding I am a new creature? Am I understanding that the time, the past has been redeemed, this moment in time has been redeemed, and the future has been redeemed? My life is a promise of Christ that I am living in redemption because I'm worshiping the Most High God. That's the God I worship. Now, I've got other picks, okay? I love mechanical things. If I had a big garage and I had a lot of money, I would have so many cars, motorcycles, and speedboats in that garage, you wouldn't be able to count them. I'd be like Jay Leno on steroids, okay? Because I love motorized things. I love to go fast. That could be my God because it's so satisfying and it's a bit addicting, okay? But then when I die, then my kids and my wife get to figure out what to do with all that stuff. Okay? Because that God died when I died. Do you want your God to die when you die? I hope not. We have been redeemed. We have been created in Christ Jesus for His good works as individuals created in such a way no one can worship like you can. And believe me, He smiles on that when you do. He smiles on that. So how do we do this? Well, let's let's look at another verse here. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault. Okay, so for like... Okay, well, I've done, you know, I've been created in Christ Jesus. So, like, what do I do with that? You know, is there a manual? You know, can I watch a, a YouTube for five minutes to figure this one out? If any of you, but when you ask, you must believe and no doubt and not doubt because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Okay, right now, most of us are Ohio State fans. Okay, I'm coming from Northern Ohio, so I still root for the Browns and the Indians and that basketball team. Okay? But I would have other choices because now I live in Colorado, so I could follow the Broncos. Okay? Which make the Browns look like Bush League a lot of the time. Okay? But if I do that, am I being blown by the wind? Am I picking the winner in order to be a winner? What am I doing? What does that wisdom entail? That wisdom is understanding that we are relinquishing our right to thoughts and actions to the power of Jesus. And I, I know I'm speaking church speak, and, and I apologize if, if that is confusing or it doesn't make sense. But understand, those of us that have taken Christ into our minds, into our hearts, and into our actions, we get this. You know, even as kids, if I used to tell my kids, if you're going to do something and you have a thought, and that thought is, maybe I shouldn't do this, take that maybe out of it. <laughs> I shouldn't do this. 
you know, as adults, I'm on the computer and some porn ad comes up or some fast car ad or some thing that I want. I just get the Wayside commercials on Facebook. I spend like an hour on Wayside thinking, oh, I need, I could use this. I could build that. Then I get on Summit Racing site and thinking, I could do this to my little car. Okay. What are we doing? Okay, that's the God of this world. That's not the God of me. Well, it is the God of me, but it's not the God that I worship. So understand, that voice that you hear in your head, that voice is speaking to you even now. Okay, the people in your family, the people in this fellowship here, your pastor, we're staying with the Dillavus, if you guys know them, amazing people. Rub off on them for a little while. Okay, you'll understand holiness. Okay. Their daughter is with us in a very tough place in the world. She has amazing stories. Okay? Because she's taken her life as an educator, gone somewhere else to do that, which is what Marketplace Ministries does. Okay? Take somebody that's in a profession here, go someplace else. Not because we don't have a mission field here, that God's pulled them out, to another place, okay? And she's amazing, okay? The, the nutters that are represented here in the Dominican. My wife and I got to spend time with them pretty recently. Amazing people. They've taken what they do here and they've just gone somewhere else, okay? Because their life is in Christ. Do they have other picks? Do they have other choices? Do you? I think we do. We all have choices. But again, who are we in Christ? We've been redeemed. We're new creations. How do we play that out? We play that out by seeking the one who we are recreated in, seeking that wisdom and understanding we always have a choice. We can go this way or we can go that way. And when in your brain it says... Maybe, okay, you know the right thing to do. You're on the computer, porn comes up. You have two things you can do. You can jump into that pile of garbage, okay, or you can go away. You can click away. That's a choice. Your kids do something, you have a choice. Do you just come down on them with the one tool you love, which is the big hammer? Or do you want that moment redeemed? and talk to them about what they've done. We always have two choices, maybe more. But there's only one choice that is driven by the Holy Spirit for everything we do. New creations in Christ Jesus. I want to tell you real quick about a young man that we have. Marketplace Ministries has got about 175 people in 34 countries. Okay, in such garden spots as Afghanistan, Pakistan, North Africa, okay, places you all go for vacation, right? Okay. But a young man that's in one of these places, now we all have roles, right? 
Okay, you're sitting maybe next to a spouse or a friend. That's a role you play. And whether you like it or not right at this moment, that's a role you play. Okay, my roles, I'm a, I'm a dad, I'm a grandpa, I'm a son, I'm a brother, I'm a boss, I'm a consumer. We all have these roles, but how do we do these roles? This young man that's in North Africa, he has a business, so he's an employer. Okay, he's got two choices. He can treat his employees poorly and pay them poorly, like most people do in that country. Or he can understand what it is to be in Christ and be in business. His mission field are his employees, which, by the way, he just baptized six people two weeks ago. Come on. It's all right. Uh, he's a dad. Now, he could, he's got crazy kids like some of us have had, and now we get crazy grandkids because we had crazy kids. It's just like this akuta matata thing, that circle of life or something. But okay. now, he's got choices. What does he do with those kids? Okay. So the role he plays, he's got choices. He's a husband. He's got choices. How does he do that? We all have these choices in the roles you play. So if this is like a real, sort of a new idea, write down like one role you play in life. And then kind of think, how do I do that? Okay? Do people come to me with questions because I do that role differently? I remember when our oldest daughter, who's now 37, was pretty tiny, very sensitive young girl. And I remember I had done something because, you know, I don't know, she did something in the van and, you know, whatever. So I had her at my parents' house, and she was about this tall, and I understood pretty early on that I'm like a giant to small children, so I need to get down on my knees and talk to their face. And so I was apologizing to my daughter, who was, I don't know, three or four at the time, not knowing that my mother was behind me, okay? Now, I was apologizing because my children are my mission field, and they need to understand I am a failed man in many ways, but I am a son of the Most High God who redeems my time. So I needed to model to her, you know what, the old man screws up. You know what, I got up. And my mother said, you know, you never apologize to children. That's a mistake. Okay? That's not what my God says. My God says, I've got a love that's everlasting, that redeems the moment that you are in, beyond your understanding, beyond your imagination. Succumb, submit, surrender to that love. Understand who you are in Christ Jesus as a son or daughter that is beloved. It's not a chore. It's a privilege. You're not the person. You're a conduit of that love. Let it go. You've got choices. You know the right. You know the wrong. Go with the right one. Change the world. Change the mission field that you're on.
When I was teaching, I taught, like if I did leadership, I taught from leaders in the Bible. And I met with young guys in a place, and we'd have coffee or other stuff later on. And they would come to me and ask me questions. Who's Nehemiah? I don't understand what, you know, that was a And I could say, well, you know, this is who he is. He worshipped the true God. Who do you worship? Okay, and work that stuff in. The idea of duality, that we do it this way and then we do it that way, you know what, brothers and sisters, do not live that way. When I was laying in the side of that river, I knew that God, well, I didn't know right then, but I knew later when they helicoptered me out and I'm in ICU and I'm still alive, you know, God's got a sense of humor. He gave me some more years, a walk a little funnier, but he gave me some years to rock it for him. Okay, because I understood at that moment in time, whatever I do, if it's not for Jesus, I am wasting the air that he created to keep me alive. He loves me so much that I'm allowed to be here. He's got a sense of humor, so this big heavy thing is rolling down my pants and I'm trying to shake it out. I love that. I love that. He has created you because He loves you so much. Okay? He loves you. And He doesn't love you as a project or to fix you. He's given you redemption to take all that stuff and make it good. He loves you so much. Pass it on. Be that conduit. Understand who you are in Christ Jesus. You are a child of the King. You are the beloved one. Who do we understand is our God? Put away the things of childhood. Step into adulthood and know who you are in Jesus. He loves you so, so much. Walk into it. Okay, feel the supernatural. Understand the things that are not understandable. Get into the mystic of what it is to be a child of Christ. Don't pray that the Holy Spirit shows up. Understand the Holy Spirit is present. Always. Surrender to that. He loves you so much. And it's not a chore and it's not work. Whether you're here or overseas, get into that. Get into that. Surrender yourself. If you're anxious, I'm anxious a lot. I have to give that up. I used to be an angry man. I think I've gotten better. I've given that up. Because anger was my God, or anxiety is my God, or work is my God, or I'm worried about money. I get it. you got to deal with that stuff in this sliver of forever. But this sliver is short. My time is short. Christ is coming back. People are going to hell. 
And I'm not yelling at you about that or throwing that in your face. This is our reality. We just spent time with a, a sister, my sister. Okay, She doesn't know Jesus. This breaks my heart. I've been praying for her. I'm 62. I got saved when I was 23. I've been praying for her for almost 40 years. I pray for a couple of my kids that they come back to Jesus. Okay? Because that's what I need to do is to show them the love of Christ, pray for them because I don't want them to go to hell. And maybe more importantly, I want them to be able to share that good news with people here. It's not a ticket, it's a life. Okay. He loves you so much. Amen. Let me pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for your sense of humor, for putting up with our shenanigans, for pointing out that we are beloved, that we are loved with an everlasting love, and that your arms surround us and we are safe. I thank you so much for that, Lord Jesus. I just pray that we would live this day in that love and that redemption, knowing that you have us because you have created us to serve you. Amen.